0: Welcome back to another episode of Wanderbust the Podcast. I'm your host Haley, as you may know by now, and today I am flying completely solo, but not only am I flying solo today, this is my final episode of season one where I will be answering your guys' questions and talking all things budgeting tips, travel hacks, what have you. Yeah, it should be a fun episode. I mean, who doesn't love a good travel hack, saving saving money, being financially smart, you know. So, yeah, but before we get into all that, I just wanted to thank everyone for such a great first season. I really appreciate all of the love and support I got from all my friends and, you know, people who reached out to me and sent so many kind words of encouragement and everything these past few months the entire purpose of me creating this podcast was because I felt super isolated during this pandemic, as I'm sure a lot of us have. And uh, I thought creating a podcast would not only be a fun outlet for me to be creative, but also a chance to reconnect with friends and also kind of help mitigate that social anxiety I was feeling. And it was also a really great way too, because I, I really wanted to improve my speaking skills and my on-air presence. And so I feel like over the course of these last 15 episodes uh, i did really grow in that way and you know there's still quite a bit of room for growth but uh this is by no means the final season of Wanderbust. so with all that said yeah let's let's hop right into the episode uh this is going to just be budgeting tips and travel hacks um and you know it probably won't be as long as my past episodes uh just because you know i'm not having a conversation with someone Uh, But you know, I'm gonna try to make this as jam-packed as possible. So yeah, so I created an Instagram story last week asking if you guys had any uh, like questions regarding travel hacks or budgeting tips um, and you guys delivered. So let's uh, Let's start off with the question that I got asked the most. Um, A lot of people asked about finding cheap flights what are some good like flight services or apps and then someone also asked if hopper was a good airline app so yeah so let's let's talk about that so for me personally uh for finding cheap flights i have always had so much luck on the app Skyscanner. you've probably heard of it if you are an avid traveler um this is like the holy grail of just cheap ass flights um this is an app where you just you plug in the dates you plug in the cities and it helps you find the cheapest flights possible. You can you can put in specific dates, but I think you can also do an option where it's like, oh, I'm flexible. So it'll it'll try to find the cheapest dates that you could fly. And I've I've used this app for pretty much every flight, besides like the first time I ever flew because I didn't know about it. But I mean the, the cheapest flight I've ever gotten that was like a you know, international. Uh, I've flown from New Jersey to London. Uh, for as little as like $350 round trip with this app. And it wasn't like it was like putting me on Spirit either. I flew on British Airways. And so it was like, even for this price, I was still being put on a quality flight for such a cheap price. And so, you know, obviously I've, I've flown on Spirit through this app too, but it's not like you should be sketchy of this app because it's so cheap like you will still get quality flights through this app yeah this is like the best app that i recommend and honestly it's like one of the main things i use i don't really use anything else besides this app i did start using a service however that i got last march called palmello which is basically uh you sign up it's like 40 bucks for the whole year and like every other day or like every couple days it lets you know when uh flight prices drop like it alerts you and i had gotten this last march but i had gotten it right around the time the pandemic hit so i never got to use it obviously but my boyfriend uh he flew to hawaii for only like 130 bucks round trip using it and you know flying to hawaii even when you're living within the united states is really really expensive so that's like that's a really good that's a really good flight and i've gotten alerts for like oh fly to paris from la for 200 bucks so it's actually a really good service i just never had the chance to use it um so that's great if you're really flexible with with your dates because it it chooses the dates for you like it's letting you know on this date this flight is going to be this price the the most important thing about if you're trying to find a cheap flight is knowing that it's very similar to watching stocks okay so flight prices are super volatile they're always rising and dropping throughout the week and i don't think a lot of people know this but something i've been told is that flight prices tend to drop tuesdays through thursdays so that's like when you want to book your flight is on a tuesday through a thursday right so Whereas the most expensive day to look, to book a flight is like a Friday or Sunday. And so that's really interesting. And it's like, if you're planning a trip in the future, you might want to kind of watch flight prices for a while and like check every day. So yeah, so those are the two that I've personally used. Um, If you don't want to use Skyscanner and you say would want to search for flights on like a desktop, uh, I'd recommend using Google Flights. And then putting your browser incognito, uh, because every time you refresh the page, or you know you're clicking on different flights, or you're even just like changing dates and stuff, that's refreshing the page. You don't realize prices are going to go up, unfortunately, because companies are like tracking you with cookies and whatnot. I don't really know the specifics of how it works, but uh, they're taking your data. They're realizing you're looking for flights, so they know they can rip people off. Um, And, you know, I think this has to definitely do with like the negative stigma that only like the upper class and wealthy can travel and that travel is like a luxury so they can like get away with raising their flight prices really high because people just think that's normal um but in reality it's like if you're smart about your research and you're watching flight prices you can make a really affordable trip without breaking the bank and especially because i mentioned before how flight prices are super volatile if you're watching flights throughout the week make sure you're you know putting your browser incognito because watching every day they're gonna they're probably gonna get pretty high uh you're probably just gonna see a rise in prices Maybe not even a drop. So yeah, those are my those are my biggest tips. Someone had mentioned the app Hopper, asking if that was a good app. So I have never used it personally to book a flight. I I actually have it on my phone. Um, that's like another app where you need to be flexible. It's an app that basically chooses the dates for you. You just type in like what cities you're interested in it alerts you when like there's really really good deals and then it gives you trip options so it'll be like so if you're like wanting to go to paris it'll be like well you could go to paris from march 3rd to march 13th and that'll only be 200 blah 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 or like there will be another option for different dates um so that's cool if you got a lot of time on your hands that's i've heard it's a good app my one friend actually travel to Paris from, speaking of Paris, travel to Paris from California for $200 round trip which is like ridiculously cheap. That's like me flying home from LA to New Jersey would be that much probably. Um, so that's like crazy. So that is a great app. I also recommend that app. And I mean, yeah, like just speaking on the fact of how flights, there's like a negative stigma. I, I personally have never flown somewhere for more than $400 besides my very first flight. Um, and that's because I wasn't aware. I, I didn't know that travel could be this cheap. Um, I think even when I went on my first flight, I didn't realize how cheap flights truly are. And so when I booked my first flight to Paris, uh, I think it was around like $600. And it's funny because I remember telling my one friend uh, that I had booked my flight for $600. And he was like, wow, that's that's really cheap. My flight to Italy was 1200 bucks." And... That is just absurd. Like, you should never pay more than $1,000 for a plane ticket to somewhere in Europe. Maybe if you're going to Asia or somewhere that's across the world, that would make a little more sense. $1,200 to go to Italy, you are being scammed. Like, your entire trip could easily be $1,200 if you budgeted accordingly. But instead, this friend of mine spent $1,200 on just the flight alone, so... Yeah, do not fall for that, folks. Yeah, something something to be noted too about prices that look that high. uh, I've found that smaller airports are going to cost a lot more than huge airports in big cities. And this is because smaller airports don't have as many planes flying in and out of them. So they're gonna like cost more money. For example, the city of London, they have like a huge international airport, so Flying there can actually be relatively cheap, but if say you wanted to fly to like a small city in Spain, like let's say Seville, it's probably going to be a lot more money to fly straight to Seville than it is to fly to London, simply because Seville has such a small airport and is such a small city in comparison so another really great way to avoid high prices if you do want to fly to smaller cities is to add a layover to your flight don't make it nonstop. you can actually do this through Skyscanner. i'm pretty sure you can do this through google flights too but what you can do is you can make a stop for a big city like london so like if you are going to seville make it so there's a stop and you're stopping in london for like five hours or you could do less but like see if there's a layover in london and do that first and not only is adding a stop to your your flight path going to decrease the price, but doing it through a big airport is going to decrease it even more. So, I mean, it is it is mildly inconvenient for sure to have to stop and sit at another airport for several hours obviously, but I mean, if it's knocking a few hundred bucks off your flight I think I think it's worth it. It's something I've done in the past when I flew home from Paris I had a layover in Canada and that knocked a lot of money off it all depends on how you want to spend your money. The more time and research you dedicate towards a trip, the better chances are that you're going to save a lot of money. So it's kind of like it's kind of like an exchange. You're exchanging time for money a little bit. So yeah, so that is all I have for the several flight questions that I got. I think when you're looking at a trip, flights are generally considered the most expensive part of the trip next to like hotel costs. But I think when, yeah, you do your research. I sound like a broken record at this point, but yeah, when you, when you really focus on trying to find a good flight and you're like paying attention to those increases in prices and when it drops, um, I think you can really save yourself a lot of money. And speaking of hotels, let's let's move into some of the questions that I got about hotels because again, that's that's one of the most expensive parts of a trip. But there are so similar to all the flight tips there are so many tips and ways to avoid heavy prices for a hotel drop in, drop in all that coin just for a place to sleep so when we're when we're looking at places to sleep we've got we've got airbnbs we've got hotels we've got hostels now let's figure out like let's decide what how do, what do we pick where do we stay so if you're in the united states i would say it's it's like 50 50 with hotels and Airbnbs because unfortunately Airbnbs in the U.S. for some reason have gone up substantially and are pretty expensive. Uh, what with like all the extra fees that are added on, I think I think Airbnbs generally are cheaper everywhere else. <laughs> I think if you're traveling outside of the U.S., you should 100% stay in an Airbnb and not a hotel. But if you're in the U.S., let's just talk about the U.S. first. I would, first of all, check an area, see what your options are for Airbnb. If it's too expensive, possibly considering a hotel. I I did a road trip to Utah uh, last summer, and we had found that Hotels were actually cheaper in that area, weirdly enough. We just stayed at like a three-star hotel. And fun fact about hotels, here's some travel hacks for you. Did you know you can actually negotiate the price of your room? So if you call ahead of time, uh, you can actually ask if there's a way that you can lower the cost of the hotel room, or if there's a room that's going for a lower rate. This only works uh, during an off-travel season, so if you're going to Colorado in the wintertime when everyone goes to ski, probably all the rooms are going to be filled and the hotels aren't going to want to negotiate with you because they don't really need you to stay there kind of thing. However, if you go off season when the hotels really need to book rooms and you call ahead and you're trying to haggle the price, they, depending who's talking to you on the phone, they could lower the price for you. Not only this, but you could also upgrade your room. So when you arrive at a hotel and you say something like, Oh, I would really love it if our room had a balcony. Would we be by any chance be able to upgrade? Depending on who is sitting behind the desk, you might be able to upgrade your room for free. I, I haven't stayed in enough hotels to do this myself, but I have a few friends who've done this. It literally just depends who is sitting behind the desk, what mood they're in, because they have the ability to upgrade you for free if there's an empty room they will upgrade you if there's availability because at the end of the day hotels just want especially if it's a big chain they just want their customers to be really happy and have a good experience and leave like a really good rating for them so yeah i mean it never hurts to ask these are just these are just a few travel hacks i mean you could easily knock like a 100 bucks or you could keep the price but have like an amazing room so those are a few hacks i know they're explained very poorly um i've never done it myself i just know i've had friends who, who've done it so that that's for the us but now when we look at let's say europe 100 percent i would pick an airbnb over a hotel airbnbs in europe in the uk they are so much cheaper than in the u.s You could literally find something for like 10 bucks a night. Just amazing prices. They're usually super nice too. Um, I would just say always research the area you're in and make sure it's it's close to the city you're in. Sometimes Airbnbs can be tricky and they can be like not in the city, but 30 minutes outside of the city and then you have to worry about that extra travel. That has happened to me before. So that's something to keep in mind. Let's look at hostels for a second. Hostels are... What is a hostel? So a hostel is a shared living space. You are basically sleeping in a room with other people all on twin beds um, and you get lockers to put your stuff in. You know, women can request an all women room, men can request an all men room, and they also have mixed. Hostels are super cheap. They're upwards of like 10 bucks a night. Some some of them are under 10 bucks a night. They're a really great way to meet people. And yeah, this is a really good option for people to stay in if you're traveling solo. Um, but also even with friends, uh, if you all wanted to stay in the same room. So just this alone, like having these options alone is going to save you so much money. When you look at hotels, like some people are are spending upwards of what, like $200 a night at a hotel. Whereas if you're choosing an Airbnb or a hostel, you could be spending only like 15 bucks a night instead of 200 bucks a night. And if you're, or if you're in the U.S. and you're, you know negotiating your hotel room you could also get a lot of money off your hotel room so yeah so those were the main questions that I got towards you know hotels and flights and yeah I feel really blessed that I've even had the privilege to travel at all and that I know any of this Um, and I still have a lot more to learn in this world of travel. There's just so much to know. And yeah, I just feel, I feel so thankful. And, you know, it's been really cool getting to do this podcast, but I don't think season two is going to be for a little while just because I'm waiting until I go to grad school abroad. And once I'm abroad again, I feel as though uh, I will then be able to give enough content to dedicate to the to season two um and also i feel like it's going to be really cool because by the time i'm in grad school and you know doing a season two uh, i'll kind of get to see the growth between the two seasons thank you so much again everyone um I hope this was helpful, and I hope that, well, with the vaccination coming out, uh, travel will be more plausible uh, in the next several months, and I hope that, in some ways, this podcast was able to help anyone in learning about a new place or just hearing some fun stories, and I hope the people that came on had a great time, too. Uh, So, yeah, so... This was Wanderbust the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been listening since episode one, I love you so much. Um, that is so cool to me. Even if even if I had only like ten fans, um, that would just be like the coolest thing in the world. So that even just ten people are like dedicating their time to listen to me talk uh, for like an hour and a half every week. So that's really cool. Thank you so much again, everyone. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play us out with the rest of the intro song i don't know if you guys know the story behind the intro song but when i was in when i lived in paris and i studied abroad there uh this song go do by john z i think i'm saying that right i really loved that song i i felt like so inspired by it for some reason it made me feel like how paris made me felt And so i decided to um, make a very regrettable decision and i made it my alarm clock sound Um, (laughs) yeah so when i was living in paris my alarm clock was the intro music that you hear for every episode usually when you set a song as your alarm uh it then like every time you hear it, it triggers the anxiety of you know having to wake up and you start to hate it but This didn't happen for some reason, I think, because I just loved the song that much. But yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to end off the season finale uh, with the full song. So you guys can hear what that sounds like. The message of the song is beautiful, too. It's about traveling and exploring the world. It's, It's called Go Do, which, fun fact, was an alternate name for this podcast as well. With all that said, thank you so much again, everyone. This is a wrap. Now, let's let's hit it off, Jonesy.